This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Yingling Flight presents Sports Radio 610 live from Radio Row. Coming to you live from Las Vegas. Here's Payne and Pendergast. All right, we got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Super Bowl 58. A reminder, you can hear it right here on Sports Radio 610. Uh, thanks to Solo Stove, solostove.com. That's where you can get your uh, very popular smokeless fire pit from the folks at Solo Stove. And, again, big thanks to uh, Yingling Flight for uh, being our presenting sponsor here as we spend the week in Vegas, bringing you all the sights and sounds from Super Bowl 58 and business certainly picking up yesterday, certainly today and tomorrow, uh, guest-wise and here on Radio Row. Follow us on our social media as well. We're posting all the things that we're doing here on Radio Row and around town in Vegas uh, Sports Radio 610 on Instagram, on Twitter, and so forth. Brandon Scott, our digital guru, doing a great job of getting that content out to you guys. So as far as this game goes on Sunday, Seth, we've got some legacies involved here. We've got, we got, we got some legacies involved. We've got some father-son stuff going on in this game, legacy-wise. There's five of them that I've identified here, five big ones for, for individuals in the Super Bowl this Sunday. And I'm going to start. With Patrick Mahomes. We know that Patrick Mahomes is on track right now. If anybody's on track to threaten Tom Brady and all the numbers that he's put up, both individually and team-wise, right now it's Patrick Mahomes. Here's Patrick Mahomes at opening night on Monday talking about chasing the great Tom Brady. I mean, I'm not even close to halfway, so I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, your goal is to be the best player that you can be. Um, And uh, if you ask me that question in like 15 years, and I'll see if I can get close to seven, but seven seems like a long ways away still. Yeah, you know the the one thing about being in a position like Pat Mahomes that probably gets a little bit tiresome is like how many times you get that asked that question about like a thing that's actually a really big deal. Like think about that like being the greatest of all time, right? And you gotta you you're put in this position where almost if you don't so if you don't show a certain amount of confidence and bravado, people are gonna act like you're not projecting the right image. But then if you talk about it too much, people are going to say that you're 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 too selfish or obsessed with that. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he frames it the right way when he says, "Look, I'm not even halfway there. I'm not even close to halfway yet. He's got to win a Super Bowl and then another one before he's over halfway there, which is a long ways to go." And uh, like, I think if I were a fan of the Chiefs, that's where I'd want my guy. I don't yeah. want him being obsessed about winning seven Super Bowls uh, the, when I'd rather just focus on winning one more. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. this one, even yeah. just this one, 
gets him into a really exclusive group of people. And they're underdogs in this one. They're underdogs <laughs> yeah. in this one. Well, and they've had to go on the road yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. I think that's been the most impressive thing to me about this particular run for the Chiefs is this is really the first one where they haven't been sitting on a pedestal above everybody else. Yeah. They've been getting picked against. I picked against them in Buffalo. I picked against them in Baltimore. I'm probably going to pick against them again this I, weekend. I just honestly, though, it's, it, it constantly amazes me how sports fans are so incapable of th- seeing how things might change. It's yeah. the same as when you're in a good economy and it feels like, oh, this economy will, of course, be like this everything forever. will be like this. Interest rates will always be low. Um, I think that you like you forget that Tom Brady himself, one of the guys you're talking about, yeah. went through a decade of not winning a Super no Bowl. No doubt, no doubt, and and had to do it different ways along yeah, the way. And yeah. I think, and that's I think that I think that too with the Chiefs, probably more of a Reed thing than a Mahomes thing. And we'll get to Reed here in a second. This is the group that Mahomes gets into just by winning this Super Bowl. There's only four other quarterbacks who've won three Super Bowls in the history of the sport. Yeah. Brady's won seven. Montana and Bradshaw both won four. They were both 4-0 and in Super Bowls. And then Troy Aikman, 3-0 uh, and in Super Bowls. So that's, I mean, that, that's, you're now in a group of five if you win this one. What if, my, what if Mahomes got up and just totally went hot take and basically said that, you know, without Belichick, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. I'd already be knocking out. Everybody dis- knows. Everybody knows Brady. that Brady wasn't that good. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. that'd be I'd already be right knocking on the door of the greatest ever. Yeah. That'd be a great heel turn. Um, so that's number one, Mahomes. Like, even just by winning this one, you know, put Brady on a back burner for a second. You get into a group where you're talking names like Brady, Montana, Bradshaw, Aikman, and Mahomes if he wins it. That's it. Yeah. Um, as far as coaches go, I think Andy Reid's number two on my list. He is chasing greatness as well. Here's Andy Reid, and I'll tell you just what greatness he would be chasing with this in just a second. Um, but here was Andy Reid from Monday talking uh, or being asked, have you created a dynasty in Kansas City? I think the best answer I can give you is when you're in the mix of things like we are, you don't really look at um, that you're so focused in on the next the next game, and I think if you make that your focus, uh, you're probably going to have a problem and, and get knocked off uh, whatever pedestal people think you're on. And so, this game, there's too much parity in this game to to take your energy and put it in that direction. So we're focusing on this game here um, against a great football team, and it's, it's going to take all our energy to do well against them. Real quick, similar to Mahomes getting into that group of quarterbacks who've won three or more Super Bowls. If Andy Reid's able to win, he'll join Bill Belichick, Chuck Knoll, Bill Walsh, and Joe Gibbs as the only head coaches to win three Super Bowls. Or yeah, more. that's an impressive group yes. right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Gibbs, uh, Gibbs in particular, because the other, t- the other three align right with the quarterbacks we just named. Belichick with Brady, yeah. Walsh with Montana, Noel with Bradshaw. Joe Gibbs did it with Mark Rippon, Doug Williams, and Joe Theismann. That's it. Okay, so <laughs> I, I think the first thing people are saying, like, wait a second, you're putting Bradshaw in the same category as those other guys. Like, I, I, they, Bradshaw... Merely because yeah. he won the Super Bowl. No, 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 I know, but he had him those, that, that same time, you know, yeah. where Gibbs did it with multiple different yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, and like Andy Reid's not going to... Like I don't think he's ever he, of, of all those three. Maybe I think he's maybe the most like Joe Gibbs in that uh, the ego he just doesn't seem to have any ego about him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe Gibbs was very much like that. Like yeah. I know people that worked and played for Joe Gibbs that just speak about him like he's like he's nearly a god. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. he's just a different type of guy. Yeah, I think when we're talking about 
we were just talking about when we were talking about Mahomes, like the fact that the Chiefs have had to do this differently this time around. Yeah. You know, not only going through places on the road, but I think doing it defensively. That's where I really think about Andy Reid. Like that Andy Reid went from winning the way he did with Mahomes early on, where it was very offensively, you know, offensive centric. And now the defense is kind of the call. Defense and running game are kind of the calling card. You know, you and I, we had a conversation with Mike Golick yesterday that people are going to hear a little bit later on in the show today. And Golick kind of laid it out like, yeah, Mahomes is sort of like the third thing on the list now when it comes to what the the identity of this Chiefs team yeah, is. Yeah, of this particular team. This particular you know, edition. Something C.J. Stroud said that we, we might get to later or not, mm-hmm. though, too, is that, that I think the that's where I'm most impressed is – when a quarterback like Mahomes or Tom Brady um, takes on that role where, yeah, it's not going to be a pretty day offensively or statistically, and it's not going to be a passing day, yeah. that's where like the whole game manager discussion, which can mean 400 different things, sure. there's times where great quarterbacks, when they have to play that role of game manager, that's when they're at that best. Mm-hmm. They're best because a lot, so much of it is about the mistakes you don't make mm-hmm. as much as, as much as it is the great throws you do make and understanding the game situation and what is required. Like I would even put last versus the Ravens, you know, Mahomes understanding where they were in the game and that maybe not making mistakes was a bigger, was more important in the second half than yep. it was to, to, to do anything spectacular. And then when you needed the kill shot, he gave you yeah. the kill shot yeah. to Marquez Valdez-Scantling at the end of that game. All right, so those are, those are the two big ones for Kansas City. As far as San Francisco goes, this is an organization that's been, by and large, one of the best in the history of the sport. They've won a ton of Super Bowls, but they haven't won one in a long time. The last two chances they've had at winning a Super Bowl, they've had a really good look at it. They, were, you know, they came down to the last play in 2020. 12 uh, with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach and of course they lost to this Chiefs team four years ago in a game they were leading by double digits heading into the fourth quarter so let's talk about Kyle Shanahan and his legacy when it comes to Super Bowls here here's Andy Reid talking about going against Kyle Shanahan it's an honor to be able to go against him I I think he is um, one of the top coaches in the National Football League obviously this isn't just a one-year thing for him he's been doing this now for a while, so um, I have a ton of respect for him. He, he is a great offensive mind, but <clears throat> he's also very sharp on the, from a defensive standpoint on special teams, which makes him a great head football coach, and a ton of respect for him. Look forward to the challenge of being able to do that. Uh, so the Sunday. legacy play here for Kyle Shanahan, think, I, I think Seth is twofold. One, he would become part of the first father-son Super Bowl winning head coach tandem in the history of the league. Yeah. Father Mike. Shanahan, of course, won a couple Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos in the late 90s. I think the other thing, too, for Kyle Shanahan individually, both as an OC and a head coach, he's been part of collapses in a Super Bowl. One, an historic collapse when he was the OC in Atlanta, and he's largely... He's he's a central figure in the blame for losing that Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're the head coach, when you drop a double-digit lead like he did against Kansas City four years ago, you're, of course, going to be part of the blame because you're the head coach of the team. But this would be a, there's, I think there's a big redemption angle for Kyle Shanahan, potentially. He was, uh, yeah, the, and, and you think about everything he's probably learned since then in terms of game management and stuff like that. Because yes. Kyle Shanahan's operating mode, like his standard operating mode is to kill and destroy. Like, and sometimes it's hard to teach somebody to, when to turn off the kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. That's where that, that Super Bowl is a big part of that lesson for him. I think the other thing about Shanahan that intrigues me is like, he's the right kind of Nepo baby, which is that, okay, however much nepotism helped him, it also did provide him growing up. A lot of, you see this with coaches' kids, guys who, guys who grew up as the children. They get, absor- they get absorbed in it 
immersed in the game mm -hmm. in a way that very few other kids would be and they kind of like learn how to ask the right questions i think they think about the game differently mm -hmm. and then i think with shanahan too there's a little bit of that old school um i, I think he wants to destroy his father i think there's a part yeah. of him that like needs to uh, that like <laughs> needs to surpass his father you know the old school back before everybody cared about self-esteem and work-life balance and all this nonsense he wants to destroy his Isn't father there, like a greek tragedy about that oedipus Oedipus. Then it also involves sleeping Loved with your mom, mom and stuff, too. so I didn't want to yeah, go there. That was a, yeah, that's a little yeah. deep, I would say. But, yeah. yeah, but for sure, maybe an Oedipus complex. Um, all right, two more with San Francisco. Um, Christian McCaffrey, similar to the Shanahan's. This, they would be this Christian McCaffrey and his father, Ed, who was on this station yesterday. Was he on the drive? He was on with the drive. Okay, yeah. he was on with the drive. Um, they would be the second father-son Super Bowl winners. The Diossis being the other, Zach Diossi and Steve Diossi. The uh, one was a Giants linebacker, the other a Giants long snapper. So even so, as players or coaches, those are the only two guys that have ever won both won Super Bowls. Yep, the McCaffreys as players and the Shanahan's as coaches. Okay. Yep, and the Diossis as players. Well, the Shanahan's haven't yet. But, uh, if they right. win, right. yeah. If, if, they if, win, if yeah. the Niners win, that's what's at stake. And I think Christian McCaffrey too. And it's it, it's a, it's a it's kind of a. It's more of a loose argument, I think, now just because of the way the running back position has kind of evolved. It's not – the running back position is, isn't like what wide receivers are now. Where, boy, if you're having a conversation about the best receivers in the game, yeah. it is a heavy artillery conversation. Whereas with running backs, it's oh, become yeah, kind of watered weird? down. Man. But like McCaffrey, if he wins this, like you make an argument like of this generation of running backs, call it like the last 10 or 15 years, that he would be the best. Him, he's like a three-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, and he's the third active leading rusher right now. I feel like talking to kids today about the value of running backs and what they used to be, it'd be like telling them about like getting a, a platinum record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a record? Yeah. Platinum? Who cares? What? <laughs> What's a record? Wait, wait, people bought these things? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you used to have to pay for music? It's okay. weird, though, Like when you think about it. like Okay, a guy who's made the Pro Bowl three times, that's the best of this generation. And then you look, and it's like, yeah, maybe, and especially if he's the only one who has a ring. And he's a huge central part of this ring if they win it, too. He, he's a finalist for the MVP. Oh, yeah. No, right no. Christian, and Christian McCaffrey is like the classic example of, hey, if you're going to spend either draft picks or uh, money on a, on a running back, if you're that team that's right there on the brink, that's where, like, do it then. Yeah. Because then it makes, like, the, the risk makes sense. If you're a team where either you are with the Texans where you're just average as an offense and average as a defense right now and you need to get better, the money's better spent on positions other than running back. I would agree. But McCaffrey's the perfect guy for the 49ers he, when they got him. It's their yeah. finishing move. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the last final touches on things. The last one, the five legacies in the Super Bowl, Trent Williams is kind of forgotten in all this. Um, but he's been a pro bowler basically all of his 13 seasons, except for two, 11 of 13. More importantly for the Niners, he has been a first-team all-pro yeah. left tackle the last three seasons. He was available to the Texans for probably what the, the 49ers got him for, a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. Yeah. He was living right down the road in Sugarland, yep. and uh, instead Bill O'Brien chose to trade two first-round picks for Larry Tunson. Who's been a good player for you, but he hasn't been Trent he's Williams. He's not been Trent Williams. And you would have had to nah, give up those first-round picks. There's a certain like just badass element to Trent Williams that very few other offensive linemen Are you have. saying he's legitimately tough, smart, and dependable? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. O'Brien turned his nose up at a dude who is legitimately smart, tough, who's, and dependable. Who's just stacking first-team all-pro seasons at like the age of 52. The guy who J.J. <laughs> Watt specifically named as a reason he wouldn't want to come back into the NFL. Right. <laughs> He didn't, want to, he didn't want to have to spend all day with Trent Williams' hand in his face. That guy. Because Trent does a good – he's very crafty. Yeah. But he does like a quick 
He does a jab. quick jab to the face, but he never gets called for. Yeah. Um, C.J. Stroud, he was on the Pivot podcast this week. Man, there was a ton of good stuff from that. C.J. Stroud taking up for Bryce Young. Also, C.J. Stroud, did he do any recruiting uh, at the Pro Bowl, particularly with one guy that Seth Payne wants really, really badly? We will have that for you coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Yearling Flight presents Sports Radio 610 live from Radio Row. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, here's Payne and Pendergast. Indeed, Yingling Flight presenting us here on Radio Row in Las Vegas. We thank them for that. 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs, tastes great, and they're sending us here to Radio Row. What could be better? Watch us on the YouTube and Twitch streams as well. We also want to thank the Low T Center for helping bring us here to Las Vegas for Radio Row and our friends at Bull Shirts. For, uh, for getting us looking as sweet as we look in these uh, awesome golf shirts with the Sports Radio 610 logo on them. And again, a reminder, you can hear the big game on Sports Radio 610 this Sunday night. Thanks to the folks at Solo Stove, solostove.com. CJ Stroud was on the Pivot podcast earlier this week. A lot of good stuff and <laughs> enough good stuff to where you'll probably hear some more of it tomorrow after he wins the Offensive Rookie of the Year Award tonight at the NFL Honors. Um, but C.J. Stroud, of course, number two pick in the draft. Bryce Young, the number one pick in the draft. And their seasons went drastically, drastically different. Uh, their friends going back to high school, both from Southern California. And so C.J. Stroud taking up for his guy here on the Pivot Podcast, taking up for Bryce Young. In his shoes, I feel like a lot of stuff didn't go his way that was out of his control. You know, like, you can't make a play if somebody don't block. You can't make a play if somebody don't catch the ball. Like, And when you watch the tape, like, Bryce did a lot of great things. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be a great player, but it takes time. You know, like, I think I came into a situation where, you know, we were struggling, I know, but, like, uh, we still had a lot of good pieces, and and Nick Casario, our GM, brought in a lot of good vets. You know, D'Amico was the perfect coach for our our type of team. So, like, I think our rhythm – and, you know, like I said earlier, everybody's path is different. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe I had a good rookie year. And Bryce is going to have a great second year, you know what I'm saying? And hopefully I do too, but, like, I know everything's going to be fine for him. And I told him, like, you the one, bro. Yeah. You the one for a reason. Like, don't ever, ever, like, and he's not going to, but don't ever look at yourself different, bro. Right. Like, ever. 
That's uh, that's good advice from an older brother to a younger brother. I think uh, from a guy who's been there to a kid that just doesn't quite know what uh, what it's all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. He's still not fully grown, maybe. Yeah. That was like, I hope he tussled his hair after that and said, you know, you're going to run along, you little scamp. It, it was funny that, you know, that clip was making the rounds. That, yeah. that was one of the more viral clips from that podcast that CJ did. And I, I think one angle that people were looking at, like, boy, he just took a blowtorch to the Carolina Panthers organization. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know Can you catch I, the ball for him? Can I, you block? for him you yeah. know? <laughs> like if I'm an offensive player on the Panthers I'm he was like, like hey, Giselle man. yeah yeah <laughs> he cannot throw the ball and catch the ball he can't do everything yeah yeah um horrible Brazilian accent by us I hope Bryce Young goes out with Giselle so <laughs> she would tear him up uh-huh Oh my God! Oh, snap him in two. <laughs> yeah. Would. yeah. Let's save that. That could be a full segment. <laughs> she would have him trotting around after, like oh Brad Pitt God. after Angelina Jolie. Yes. Remember, yes. like every picture you saw of Brad Pitt and yeah. Angelina Jolie was like Brad carrying eighteen purses behind her. Uh, uh, like, yeah, a thousand oh, percent. I've she, lost yes. both my testicles. He'd be a love slave yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so. Uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud here. So we were just talking about him taking a blowtorch to the Panthers organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but also, by the way, in that little clip, one thing that I liked and appreciated about that, C.J. Stroud, uh, who, you know, you can tell he puts a lot of time and thought into, like, how to communicate with people. Like, in this, in this long interview, he's, he talks to them about just, uh, like, his approach to gaining guys' trust and yeah. everything, which is very, like, it takes a lot of empathy. you got to think about, like, how are these guys viewing me? Small little detail but it, w- that we would notice is – he was telling the story, and he explained to those guys and anybody watching, Nick Casario, the general manager. Yeah. A lot of people would just, this sounds silly and stupid, but a lot of people would just drop the name without really any consideration of whether they actually know who he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's going to be a good broadcaster someday. Yeah. He remembers the, you know, the, the, there's, there's, just, there's average fans out there. One thing he needs to do if he wants to go into broadcasting, yeah. he does a little thing, and actually for communicating in general, uh, he does a little thing um, where he adds, you know, or like to the end of almost everything, like you know almost immediately. Yeah. That's uh, kids out there listening. That's drop that when you can consciously because yes. it it almost um, it's almost like asking for approval. Mm-hmm. It sounds less authoritative and, and confident. Good yeah. advice, Seth. Yeah. Really good advice. Um, you know. So he's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in taking up for Bryce Young, I thought it was interesting because we recall just a week ago that C.J. Stroud did a Cheetos commercial mm-hmm. that looked like a shot at Bryce Young. Somebody's out of Buffalo Wings. Number two NFL draft pick, C.J. Stroud. And the second best Buffalo thing. Second best is the best. <laughs> and then he winked at the camera. Oh uh, yeah, but doesn't he? No, that's not. That was edited a little bit because he does something in the. Oh, the guy is a, CJ's not the one that says it. Yeah, see, the, the guy the, is the guy the who gets it. the yeah. Cheeto says second best really is the best, and then CJ, CJ winks, winks at the camera. Okay, yeah, it seems like approval to me of that message that second best really is the best. Yeah, I like to look at this as not CJ being magnanimous towards Bryce Young, mm-hmm. but playing psyops with him. I think he's uh, he's 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 taking him under yeah little brother the uh, same way older brothers and younger brothers typically like right. the Maton brothers yeah the older brother is engaged in a fierce battle of sibling rivalry mm-hmm. where the younger brother doesn't even know there's a battle going on yeah yeah uh, and that's the advantage the older brother always has that's CJ and that's CJ relation. a little yeah. bit uh, like a, a little bit of psychotic. Uh, Subterfuge. We we don't have to be concerned about our quarterback. We, like CJ looks like the real deal. How concerned would you be in Carolina right now? I mean, they cleaned everybody out from this year, yeah. and they're getting a fresh start. If I, look, if I'm, a, if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm 100 percent convincing myself that yeah, it was all Frank Reich's fault. It was yeah. 
is Dave Tepper's fault, which is the, yep. the big yep. concerning thing. But I think you there, there's, it's very easy to talk yourself into Bryce Young, sure. You know, and you can find various examples of rookie quarterbacks that figured it out, um, or you just look. I know Trevor Lawrence is not nearly a finished product, but look at the difference between, between Trevor Lawrence um, in his second year and his first year just by swapping out coaches. So I think that's what they're probably banking, probably out. hoping for. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the biggest thing with Bryce Young that I'd be worried about is that he does. He's got he's got some mechanical things to clean up. And he's not athletic enough and certainly not big enough to get away with all of the technical flaws he has. That's where I kind of get I get kind of bowed up on behalf of CJ because CJ is, of all those quarterback prospects of the last several years really, he's the one that had the least formal tutelage in his craft, and yeah. yet he's got the best mechanics because he was obsessed with it yes. and worked at it. He cites you know, YouTube. Drew Brees and YouTube and all yeah. these other guys yeah. that he's modeled his game and his mechanics after that, like all these other rich kids with resources, ha- like they didn't work on it. Yeah, I, I think if you went back and looked at the scouting reports going into the draft last year about those two, CJ and Bryce Young, yeah. that there was probably, when it came to athleticism, moving around in the pocket, moving around outside the pocket, yeah. going and getting yards, improvising, things like that. I am guessing the scouting reports would have all given the check mark to Bryce Young in that department. Yeah. And I think what, what I learned this year, and I think what we learned this year in watching, like CJ's got way more functional athleticism, functional athleticism. than well, Bryce Young. I, and I have credit. I, I don't, the group think got really big, and I just I remember, I remember various scouts – kind of talking and bringing this up before the draft like uh, that and it was not just it wasn't like headline type material but it was just simply like something that I thought was obvious was Mm -hmm. Bryce Young's not that athletic right and he was being talked about like he was going to be just this scrambling improvisational machine or something where what they said was SEC coaches would say look this guy's not running away from the best players they're not the guys we have on our team they're going to make it in the NFL like this guy's not running away from those guys like I don't know what you think he's going to do in the NFL because he's not doing it in college yep Um, here's another one from CJ Stroud and I think this one gets Seth Payne excited here because it involves Derrick Henry the apple of your free agency eye this was him relaying a story because he says uh, he's talking about he in here he was was on the bus with Derrick Henry at the Pro Bowl Derrick Henry, a free agent running back. Uh, Who's uh, better than all the running backs on the Texans right yeah, now. Yeah, so this is what their conversation was about. A lot of people don't know, like, my, like, I would say, like, the dog that I have in me until they meet me and, like, sit down with me. Because uh, he was like, man, I thought you were just a nice dude. He was like, I didn't know you was like this. But I was basically explaining to him, like, the mindset I have when I step on the field. Like, I want people to, like, I want, I want to say I want them to fear me, but I want them to know, like, I got to be on my A game. I got to be on my because CJ on the field. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the conversation Derek, he was having with, with Derek, Derek Henry. Henry. Oh, okay. Derek Henry didn't realize he was like this. He okay. thought he was just a nice kid. This is where CJ, like, like uh, you know, we talk about this sometimes, uh, having a little too much perspective on life. Yeah. Some of these kids that uh, will go on and on about how football doesn't define me. Right. I don't think CJ has any issue with football defining I think him. He'll, well, and I think yeah. his faith defines him, but I think he allows multiple things to define him. Right. You right. know? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. So Derek Henry. Uh, Sounded like he was giving him a sales pitch. On the uh, sitting on the bus with him. Yeah. Hey man, I want you to know if you come to the Texans, you're going to be playing with the dog. What if right? he was giving him like the the tough like the reverse psychology sell too? Like, you know, hey, listen, Derek, you're not just going to show up on this team. Right, right, right. You're not just going to show up and just and think like, hey, it's okay. Hey, 
every running back for the Texans rushes for 2.9 yards per attempt. That's A-OK with us. That's like, right. Things have changed. New sheriff in town. And he starts looking at me. He's like, how much dog do you really have in you, Derrick Henry? What is your quantity of dog in you right yeah. now? Um, he probably made fun of Alabama a little bit. I do want to ask. We're going to talk to Nick Casario. Nick's going to come on with us uh, before the end of the week here. He's going to be milling around Radio Road today. And Seth and I are going to get a chance to sit down with him. I, I do want to ask him about the CJ effect when it comes to talking to free agents this year. Yeah. What do you, they, they haven't talked to any yet. They can't. Mm-hmm. But they're going to soon. And how, how big a factor is well, C.J. Stroud? How, is that how big a part yeah. of the pitch, depending on what position you're talking to a guy? No, no, no. I think the, the really cool thing with Casario and the interesting part of it is, okay, they spent years up in New England where guys would want to go play. Veteran players would go take a discount to go play Bingo. with Tom Brady. Yeah, yes. and just exactly. Nick, we've got to be careful with how we phrase it. With Nick, Nick, Nick is very careful right about answer. like he doesn't want to like sit here and like pray to the altar of uh, the Patriots and Bill Belichick. No, you know when he's on Houston, but but he will tell stories about New England. You just don't want to. We don't want to frame it as like, hey, remember the good old days, Nick? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest. So when I had the question in my head and yeah. I said it to you just now, I wasn't even thinking about the. Pa- it's a really good point. Yeah. I just wasn't thinking about the Patriots. I'm just thinking in a vacuum. Like, man, I got this rookie quarterback now oh. who, who we've watched for the yeah. last two weeks since they got eliminated make the rounds on all these podcasts yeah. and nominate, nominated for awards and everything else. No, you're not like CJ and I as uh, far as empathic. No, no, there, no. Sean. I'm, I'm, I'm much more impulsive in looking in the moment. You're, you and CJ both. I'm the Bryce Young in this relationship, unfortunately, and you're the big brother. You know. Yeah, keeping me. <laughs> for those who aren't watching on YouTube and Twitch, Seth has his nose pointed directly up in the air right now, <laughs> pointed at the ceiling to me right now. Um, all right, uh, Altuve signs his deal yesterday. So now... What's the next big to-do for Dana Brown and the Houston Astros? I think we all know what it probably is, and the agent for that player spoke about it yesterday. How do we feel about the Alex Bregman situation after we hear from Scott Boris? And you'll hear from Scott Boris coming up next. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Yingling Flight presents Sports Radio 610 live from Radio Row. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, here's Payne and Pendergast. Yep, Yingling Flight bringing us out here. We appreciate that. Yingling Flight, you can watch us on the YouTube and Twitch channel and see the big Yingling Flight sign right next to me here. As Ted Johnson would say, damn skippy, Yingling Flight brought us out here. 
Um, he used to say that? Damn Skippy, he did. I don't remember Ted that Ted had a much. lot of really dorky sayings. A lot like of them. Dorky, corny stuff. Yeah, like, oh, that cake won't bake. When something, when, <laughs> so, when something was, when, when he felt something was askew, he's like, well, that cake he won't He kind of got away with it. He had a way of, uh, get, he could do that because he offset it with so much um, with his presence. sheer testosterone. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it was, yes. a, you know what, it was a bully factor with him. Uh-huh. It, it wasn't intentional. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to bully anybody, but he kind of felt, he's the kind of guy that you're going to laugh at his jokes because you want to be his friend. Yeah, and yeah. Like, <laughs> and rarely I, yeah. did the temper get to the point where you envision it in your head it could get to. Yeah. But I was around it when it did a couple but times. I, but I would say, like, when I say you want to be his friend, not because you're scared of him, but because he just, he was like, uh, he, like, he was the embodiment of, like, uh, like what you want to be as a guy. Yeah, Ted was fun, man. Yeah. He still is. I mean, he didn't die. He's, he's still fun. Still check in with him every now and again. He was, uh, he's a little bit like Vrabel, too, in. Like there was a, the, there was a side of him like when he was around guys, but then like when he's around oh, like when he's talking to a woman, <laughs> yeah, completely different. It. Like he could turn on the charm like nothing. Dude, around the office, yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 Like even like yeah. Like talking. he was he wasn't like hitting no, on no, him. He no, was no, just not being at all. No, no, no. I can remember like no. Honestly, like Brandy just uh, there were times where I was sitting like talking to Brandy. It wasn't like a flirtatious thing or anything, but I'm yeah. like, well. You two are certainly hitting it off, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. No, because he's very, uh, like, for being such a guy's guy, when he was in, like, polite conversation with either women or business people, like, very good listener, very mm-hmm. engaging. He gets super enthusiastic about whatever you're talking about. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Teddy J. Yeah. Um, here was Dana Brown, Astros general manager, yesterday, and we'll get to more of this in, in headlines in, in, the, in the 8 at 8 at the top of the hour. Um, Jose Altuve signs his contract extension yesterday. Big celebration, it felt like, out at Minute Maid Park for Jose Altuve. Of course, it immediately gets you thinking as an Astros fan because pitchers and catchers are going to be headed to spring training in like a week. Um, it gets you thinking, okay, Dana Brown, you still got work to do this offseason. There's still contract extensions to be doled out if you're an Astros fan hoping that that happens. Yeah, and I think done. The, and I think the big one is going to be Bregman. We'll get to Bregman in a second, but here is Dana Brown addressing the cost of being good. No, nah, I mean, I say it costs to be good. Um, and so these, these players that we're bringing in, it's, it's pretty special. You know, Hayter is pretty special. And, of course, extending Altuve and having him in this organization, that's pretty special. And so when you want to keep the core group together uh, and you want to continue to win, you know, you have to make these type of decisions. And, you know, we have the fan base to support us. You know, we have an owner in Jim Crane who's very dedicated to winning. And so we're going to do whatever we can do to keep this thing going. So Jim Crane, an owner who has said the window will never be closed as long as I'm owning the team. Yeah. But, but how Jim Crane goes about it is certainly different than how other high-level teams go about it when it comes to long-term contracts. The hater one is interesting. We're going to get to Scott Boris here talking about Bregman in a second, but as long as Dana Brown, Seth, we play that audio of him bringing up Josh Hader, I think that signing was unexpected for a lot of Astro fans because it does put them over the competitive balance tax. And so it does get me thinking, because this is not the way Jim Crane has operated, to just sail past the competitive balance tax tax threshold. There was a year where they went over the threshold. I don't think they ended up having to pay because it was the COVID year they went over and they just kind of pardoned everybody on it. But but he's only done it once and it was barely over the threshold. This hater contract puts you well over it. So to me, it's it's one of two things, if I'm being extreme here. It's either Jim Crane's changed his philosophy and he's cool with spending above the luxury tax, or you can do the hater deal and do a five-year deal like that because you're starting to see which way the wind is blowing on some of these guys like Kyle Tucker yeah, and Framber Valdez yeah, and maybe yeah. even Bregman to where you go, okay, well, we you know what? We can commit to the best closer in the game 
for nearly $20 million a year yeah. through 2028 because it doesn't look like we're going to have to be paying Kyle Tucker $30 million a year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like we're going to be paying Framber Valdez $25 million a year. Who it, knows it, what the Bregman situation it, is? It is. Uh, for whatever it's worth, Like it gets dicey when you start looking at a lot of the projections on tax payroll and everything. Um, but for whatever it's worth right now, the Astros – in 2025, or seventh on the list, you know, at 164 million, like they, the total payroll. Yeah, 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 they've got room with which to work. It's not, um, it's not like all of these contracts have added up to something that's completely unmanageable or anything. There's, there's room to work with Kyle Tucker, and especially, especially when the extension would include, you know, it would, it wouldn't kick in until next year. Yeah. So, like this year is taken care of. You're going to pay the tax, and then I think there's ways to keep it from getting out of control while still extending one or two guys. Yeah, the tough thing with the tax, not to get too super nerdy, yeah, on yeah, it, is yeah, when yeah. you start to is when you start to repeat. Yeah. When you're a repeat offender, yeah. it, it, the the penalties augment. <laughs> you know. Um, so let's get to Bregman. Yeah. Let's get to Bregman because Scott Boris was there yesterday. He's Jose Altuve's agent. Um, Boris confirmed one thing. He has spoken to Dana Brown about Alex Bregman's situation. Dana and I talked about that today, and, and obviously, you know, Alex has made it clear that he's open and listening to whatever the Astros have to say. Okay, I mean, and that that is about that's a very vague, very general surface level. Yeah, he's willing to. Li- of course, he's willing to listen to anything the Astros yeah. have to say. It doesn't mean he has to like what they're offering him right now. I know. Yeah, whenever I play a Boris clip about a prospective free agent, I'm just I'm waiting for the day that Boris is like, I'll tell you what, we're hard up against it. Yeah, we sure hope that we'll take anything at this point. Well, Would you please. But I think this next one is is. Yeah. I don't think this next one is is unearthing any new information for Astro fans. But to hear Bregman's agent say this, talk about the, the, the stark difference between Bregman's situation yeah. and Altuve's situation, here's Boris on that. Jose did somewhat of a bridge contract because of the first contract he signed. And uh, in uh, his, uh, in Alex's case, obviously, he's more in a normal free agency dynamic that you would see both age-wise, so uh, obviously that has um, more uh, uh, impact in the uh, free agent market. Yeah, if I can use a Vegas analogy here, translation, um, you ain't sitting at the $25 minimum bet table with this Jose Altuve contract when it comes to Bregman. Yeah. You're, you're at the $100 tables now. Yeah. It's going to be pricier. I think the, the way he lays it out, like this is more of a conventional free agency. Bregman's four years younger than Altuve, and he's looking, I would imagine he's looking for a deal that's going to take him into his late 30s. Yeah. Unlike Altuve, from the age of 34 into his late 30s, he wants to go from the age of 30 into his late 30s. He yeah. wants an 8- or 10-year deal is I, what it sounds I like. I talked earlier about how like the hometown discount is usually way overstated and overplayed. It doesn't factor in as often as you think it might. With Bregman, I think there's some reason to think maybe maybe he's one of those rare guys because of the roots he's put down with his businesses, the, the history with the World Series, all of that. Yeah. Um, the one thing I always try to remember, though, too, is that, like, the most awesome personality and, like, the guy you think of as the heart and spirit of the Astros, uh, George Springer, yeah. is also the guy who will never, ever, ever forget how the Astros 
were like the team that set the tone in screwing players with service time. And him, if and him in particular. Yeah, him and like that Springer was an older guy that hit free agency even one year later than he otherwise would have because they waited to bring him up yep. uh, until they could uh, extend his service time. Yeah. And uh, the, the lots of reports that Springer never forgot that. And he never took it out against anybody or anything, but he was just, he was very much reminded that it was a business. He, yeah. knew, that, he knew that it was completely and totally a business and he's not going to fall for any sentimentality. And like that's, that's a confidant of all these guys as yeah. well. Yeah, that's, no, it's a good point. I, they, they didn't really do that with Bregman. The only thing they did with Bregman in bringing him up, right. we, were, we were actually involved in this. He, Bregman came on our show yeah. on the Triple Threat back in 2015 or 2016, whatever the first year he came up was. And it was 2016. It was 2016. Yeah, there was less pressure on him with his slump because they, uh, the Astros hadn't hit their stride yet. Right, right. So he came on with us while he was still in the minor leagues. Yeah. But it, looks, it looked like he was going to be coming up pretty soon. And they put him on with me, Rich, and Ted. Yeah. And they were playing the Angels late in that week. He came, he came on with us. And I said, hey, man, like I, I wasn't even thinking of asking this question, trying to trap him or do a gotcha. But I said, when you were a kid and you envisioned yourself – like in the batter's box yeah. against somebody who was the pitcher. And he's like, I don't have really have a specific one, but it's definitely somebody in like a gray and red uniform yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. I, it didn't even dawn on me like, oh, yeah, they're playing the Angels. You wear yeah. gray and red uniforms. That's what he was kind of alluding to. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he didn't come up for that series. He came up against the Yankees a week later. <laughs> so we always like to assume that we uh, that, played that, a role yeah, in Bregman. They- Getting called up four days later, they than taught he would him a have. lesson about yeah, giving man. away information like that. You yeah, watch my, with these gotcha yeah. shock jocks. And, and my point wasn't that Bregman would have any reason quite like George Springer, but just that George Springer, as a guy that you know could could, could talk about these things with yeah. guys, that's something you tell younger. That is honestly, that's what the NFLPA president Gene Upshaw used to say to every group of rookies coming in at the rookie symposium when yeah. he used to have it. Is like, don't you ever let these owners trick you or fool you into thinking that it's anything more than a business because they're lying yep. to you. Like, it was very much uh, like, listen, don't fall for that trick. Yep. So I, I could see Springer being a, uh, in, a, in a kind-hearted hearted big brother type of way, reminding those guys Think of, of that. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, think selfishly. Last one from Boris. Astros, talking about the Astros team success over the last several years. Bregman's been part of all seven of these trips to the ALCS, multiple World Series championships. That increases Bregman's value in the eyes of his agent. You know, he's a rather prestigious player because these guys that play here, too. You know, we look around at teams and the core of those teams. And, you know, and being in the, I mean, it's one thing, to win a world championship is rare to win two, but to be in the championship series seven years in a row, it's just, it's just not being done. It's just really not. And you have to look to the players who are, are integral in that from start to finish have been part of it. And Jose and Alex were, are really have been the, the core of that. I, I 1,000% agree with that. Um, I, think, I, I think Springer's contract he got from Toronto, which ended up being a pretty damn good deal for a 31-year-old outfielder at the time, I absolutely think that Toronto felt like they were a team that was a player or two away, and they were purchasing – Postseason experience, clutch mm. performances. I think Carlos Correa, before the, the leg issue became a thing, yeah. that's why he was getting that kind of money from the Giants and the Mets before a medical issue derailed that. I think that's why he's getting $30 million a year from the Twins. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I do think there are going to be teams that look at Bregman and his postseason performance and say, we'll pay a premium for that guy. Like yeah. What we're trying to get to, he has performed in that environment. That's, that's where it's tough if you're the Astros. You both understand how valuable those guys can be in the playoffs, but also where they become valuable to other teams is, look, 
it's a it's a small sample size of playoff performance for most players. So usually, if a guy has a couple good years in the postseason, is a talent evaluator or as a GM, you're like, okay, like I don't know for sure if that's who he is. Mm-hmm. The Astros have just flat out played more postseason games. Um, and especially because of expansion of the playoffs yeah. and duration there, that you see that oh, with Carlos Correa, this is there's zero flukishness. To right, this. right. He's right. just flat out uh, like freakishly consistent in the playoffs. Yeah, they, they play as, at least ten postseason games every year. Yeah, yeah. So know? I think like likewise with a lot of those guys, you can see that okay, that's real. That's not a fluke. This yeah. is who this guy is in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that too. I think I agree with what Boris said. I agree with what you're saying. I think the biggest things for Bregman that also affect his value is one he's become an elite defensive third baseman you know yeah. he came in the league as a shortstop he is an elite defensive third baseman and the injury issues that he had a couple years ago are gone yeah. he's he's been super durable the last two years he hardly ever takes a day off and and if that you know if teams you know obviously they're going to they're going to give him a physical and whatnot but if they believe that what he's been durability wise the last couple of years is what he's going to be moving forward that he's fixed those issues he was having with hamstrings and soft tissue stuff for those years that's huge as well so i you know uh I, I, I'm not optimistic they're going to get a deal done with Bregman. Maybe eventually they do. I do think, Seth, the hometown discount thing that you allude to as a, yeah. you know, as a, as a small possibility, I, I could see him doing that if the give back is, yeah, fine, I'll do that. Let's do nine years. You know, like there's going to have to be some give and take. Alex Bregman's not doing a five-year deal like Jose Altuve just yeah. did. Let's just get that on the table right now. Nothing close. Mm-hmm. He's going to want premier third baseman money, and he's probably well, going to want more than five or six and, years. And he's already... He's already done that contract early in his career. We did the extension that gave him the bleep you money. Yeah. You know, like that gave him that, okay, you know what, uh, uh, there's no pressure for me. I've got my financial security. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go for the absolute premium dollars. Yeah. yeah. The discount might be on the years, not the annual average value for Bregman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, fine. I want, you know, whatever the number is for an elite third base. We call $30 million a year. Yeah, fine. I want that, <laughs> maybe a little bit more. Uh, that's fine. The discount I'll give you is uh, just six year deal. Then that's fine. Just a six year deal, not a ten year. You know the weird, the weird. When I put myself in the position of a baseball player, like say you're thirty years old and you and you're getting offered that guaranteed money for ten years, like if you're being realistic with yourself, uh, like yeah, you have your positive mental attitude and all of that. But if you're being realistic, okay, sometimes just injuries or what happened, whatever happened in your late thirties, like the the thought of being the guy that's there. And showing up every day for 162 games and maybe sucking, yeah, scares the hell out of me. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's, and I'm, and it's like the, sure doing it for 90 million dollars for three years. Yeah, that's not, that's not bad pay. Oof. You know, 90 million dollars from the ages of 37 through 39 to suck. Yeah, and yet. By the by, the time you reach that stage in life, you've made enough money that you know what I. Uh, this is what I. This is what I want to do for the next three years of my life. I like playing that little game with. Okay, if I got an interview with this guy, what would my first question be? Yeah. And now that you bring that up, if I ever had a chance to interview Albert Pujols, my first question would be, "How did you live with yourself for those ten years? <laughs> What's it like being both at the pinnacle and in the absolute right. uh, dredges right. of the sport? At Other the same than time? the first and the fifteenth of every month, how did you live with yourself <laughs> for those?" Ten like, Ten years. I whistled the, whistle <laughs> yeah, the whole damn yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, very easily. I'll take that check now, please. <laughs> Thank and you. I'll be like, yeah, I actually asked for paper checks because I like looking at it right. so much. I would, too. I, I would want a paper check. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.